What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to the 3D Experience Podcast. This is episode number three, and today, today we have a lot of stuff to get into, but before we get into that, with me as always, I got David to my right and Daniel to my left. What's up, guys? What's going on, guys? Welcome back. Hey, how's it going, guys? We doing good. We doing good. So, like I said, a lot of stuff to dive into. Uh, We had a few days here, pretty much a week, to... um, let the Champions League games of the past week marinate. We'll be getting into that. And then we have a bunch of weekend, le- weekend action for all the big leagues in Europe. So let's go ahead and start with a big uh, upset for Tottenham versus Leipzig. We had a nice uh, 1-0 victory for Red Bull Leipzig. What do you guys think about that game? Yeah, I mean, the game kind of went as I expected. I mean, kind of as we expected, 0-0 to the, for the most part. And then they got the penalty and it didn't look like Tottenham had any attacking force. So. Yeah, I kind of figured uh, Leipzig were going to win that game anyway. Yeah, I think you called that last week, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. Well, I had, I believe in my in the last podcast, I had Tottenham winning just based on the fact that they were home. But after seeing after uh, watching the game, you could tell they are hurting without Kane and Son. And Leipzig just now, they just look like a... a, a a uh, more comfortable side than than Tottenham. Yeah, Mourinho Mourinho called his team a a gun without bullets, right? Which I mean, it's a fair representation of his team, but like kind of messed up to say because I mean his players are putting it all on the line. Yeah, and I think he uh, overexpresses the fact that he he's making excuses, but um, he's also taking the players that his players are trying his hardest. They're trying the hardest they can, but was, they're still not getting results. So was, was that the game Dele Alli got subbed off and he looked pretty yep. pissed yes. about it? Yeah. When he threw the uh, the water, it was something. His he threw something to the ground. His cleats went bouncing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> some big balls on him. But I mean, um, that was a big away goal for Leipzig. Now yeah. they're going to yeah. be the next leg is going to be at home, and I, I don't see Tottenham going through now. It's always hard to go play in Germany. I feel like uh, uh, German team fans are pretty wild. Well, I think in in Europe in general, I mean, compared to Americans, these people go crazy. Oh, for, for sure. For, so all home all home and away games are a big difference yeah and the fact that you're going in to an away game already a goal down if Leipzig gets one goal early then you have to score three goals just to win because you isn't happening yeah it's it, I don't see that happening especially with such a young side that they that, uh, that Leipzig have I mean this is I'm pretty sure this was uh the first game that Ethan Ampadu started at center back and he completely controlled position of the ball for that team the distribution the the aggression that he had against you know lucas and bergwijn on the 50 50s he truly shined and he's not the only youngster that they have on there that's been shining there's chris christopher and kunku timo warner's balling out so So they just have a really strong young team i honestly i'd like to compare them to uh ix of last season you know youngsters a young team with a brilliant coach that they're playing with no fear they're playing brilliant and you know germany has some crazy teams this year in european competition yeah Absolutely crazy. For sure. Yeah. Um, I can't see a way Tottenham comes back. I agree. I think it's just over for them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think them. so, too. 
what happens to them in the in midweek is exactly what happens to them in the weekend against Chelsea. But we'll get into that later. Yep. <laughs> I just want to say it. You know, shit spurs. You just had to throw that out <laughs> yeah. there real quick. <laughs> Always, dude. Um, the so game yeah. as well that happened that day was the Atalanta game. Atalanta game, yeah. 4-1, yep. big blowout. Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't expect a blowout, but I expected an Atalanta win. Yeah. You said it last podcast yeah. that yeah. the game was going to be an exciting, exciting one, one, and yeah. I, I turned it down. But that was a big four-win, a four-win game at home. Yeah, some good goals too. Yeah, yeah, some some very good goals. Yeah, um, I think Atalanta just showed their uh, their strength in European competition because I don't know what it was. They must have kicked into gear late. Literally the fifth or sixth match in the group stages, yeah. they started going well. Yeah, um, you know I can talk all day about uh, Red Bull Leipzig, Dortmund. Um, being you know dark horse not dark horse teams but you know un- yeah. um, underdogs going in but I truly think Atalanta is a is a dark horse team especially yeah, they could a get a good statement. draw they could get a good draw say they go through hopefully um, you never know who they get they could be the the team like that just ends up going on that Cinderella, Cinderella run yeah like Ajax did yep yeah. like Ajax did yeah, yeah I could see that or like Roma did from two years ago right mm-hmm. made it all the way to the fi- uh, semifinal yeah but for you what would be a what would be a, a good draw for them in in a quarterfinal? If any, if at that point all the big teams are there, if all the big teams, I would are say there, Juve if they go if they advance. Yeah, Leon, yeah, but. yeah. I agree. That would be a good one for them because I don't think Juve has the power to win it. No. Maybe if PSG ends up going through, PSG would be a good draw for them. Um, maybe I don't know. I maybe think it'd if, be tough for either Chelsea or Bayern. <laughs> to play against Atalanta. Yeah, yeah. I think it'd be a good game. That would be an interesting one. Um, say we do. And when we advance over Bayern, we do draw Atalanta. There is uh, some questions to be asked because our player on loan, Mario Pasolich, has actually been like one of Atalanta's um, big performers in in Italy and in the Champions League. He had uh, a great assist against you know Ilicic, who had an absolute screamer. Mm-hmm. But um, it goes to say if we even let him play, if we do play against them. Um, so usually it's like 50-50 whether or not if it's the club the lets him play. Yeah, but no, it's like up until that day, there's like whether or not because I believe in back in 2013-14 when we got paired with Atletico in the semifinal of the Champions League, Mourinho was our coach, and that was when Courtois was on loan at Atletico, and there the whole time going in, he was not allowed to play. But then last second, we allowed him we because Atletico begged us like please let us please yeah. let us play, and what do you know? He played, and he was probably man of the match for that first leg because he was an absolute shot stopper yeah i believe that's how it is for international but domestic for sure i know that you can't play against your father team yeah mm. well also so i think that is straight up down to the club because also in the uh, fa cup or i think it was a capital one cup last season chelsea played derby and we had tamori and mount on loan and they played against us we still won but they played and they put shout out so We'll see. I mean, that's a big if. We don't even know if we're going to advance, but that is a question to be asked yeah. if whether or not Passage can play against us. Um, yeah, these are a lot of ifs. You'd have yeah. to get through, and then they, you'd have to draw yeah, them. Yeah. <laughs> if this, if that, but yeah, whatever. It's something to talk about. Absolutely. Yeah. But I mean, the two big games of the uh, Yeah, of these the are the juicy day. ones right here. Huge games. So, uh, which one do you guys want to start with? Cause let's, leave the, let's leave the Liverpool yeah, L right. at the end. Yeah. <laughs> so, let's start with the Dortmund. Big upset at home versus PSG, and what a performance from them, man. Did we all call that? Yeah, I, I knew, I knew, but I knew that they were gonna. I, that, I had faith that they were gonna win. But yeah, everyone them. that I talked to outside the podcast, there's like, nah, PSG because of the names. Off. Yeah, PSG does. You're right. 
But I mean, I know we definitely called yeah. the Dortmund win. Yeah, I called Dortmund. Yeah, um, I also did too, just because they were home. Yeah, at home, it's, it was a big, it was a big factor for them. Yeah, you could tell the whole stadium was behind them. Yeah, they have yeah. a crazy stadium. Yeah, they do. I definitely, yeah, for home games for a lot of teams, the the stadium will be the twelfth man. But for Dortmund especially, it's like the twelfth and the thirteenth man for them. That 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 crowd is insane. Absolutely, the passion. That, that second leg is going to be real. Yes, big. yeah. The only thing is, it for me. PSG got an away goal. Yeah. And that's big. Mm-hmm. You know. But I mean, but it, how could we ignore Holland? Yeah. <laughs> you can't talk about this game without just mentioning Holland in every sentence. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely don't think Dortmund are going to stay at zero. I don't, I, they'll score. Oh, yeah. They have that attack. Yeah, play. but we'll, we'll, see how, we'll see how great the um, that stadium presence is for PSG. Um, but, man, that screamer for yeah. Holland. Holy <laughs> crap. You can hear the net crackling or they hit the the back the the back post whatever it made one of the one of the best sounds you yeah, can hear in the football. most satisfying sounds you can make and might add an assist for 17 year old uh geo reyna absolutely um, yeah. he's the now the boy. youngest player in Bundes, in the champions league history to get an assist 17 years old really yeah so wow. they're they saying that over um over the game and it's it's it keeps looking better and better for for the u.s um great super talent. excited for him yeah and i mean that just shows the whole club orientation of Dortmund. Yeah. They they bring in, they try out their youngsters. They take a chance on them. You know what you saw with with Jaden Sancho, you saw with Dembele, you saw now with Holland before how too, they took before Jaden Sancho yeah, came through. Exactly. Yeah. And then now with uh Gio Reyna. I mean they're giving them opportunities. Yeah. They just definitely like to develop their young players. And with Hakimi too, I don't know if you mentioned Yeah Hakimi. Him. No, I didn't mention him. Yeah. For me it's uh it's you can notice how they gradually it's a it's a consistent thing um, that these uh, players slowly get put into the team. For a while, he got his first debut in like the in the DFB Pokal tournament, and uh, ever since he got his debut in the Bundesliga, he's constantly being subbed in in the 60th, 70th, uh, 75th minute in all these games. And I think soon enough, Giovanna is gonna um, get to start, and I think that we'll truly see whether or not he's gonna be a big game player because then he's gonna have at least forty five minutes to to just to show what he's got. And in these, even in these small cameos of 20, 25 minutes, he's gotten an assist or just made a bigger impact off the bench. So I can't, I'm, I cannot wait to see what he does when he actually gets a start again from Dortmund. Definitely going to look forward to that. One question I have. Do you think PSG was ready for that game? Do you think they expected the firepower or no? I think all teams try to prepare for the game they're coming up against. I mean, they're obviously, I mean, it's the one player they're going to be looking at is Holland mm-hmm. to, to defend, but you a player in form like that, it's it's unplayable. It's kind of like what we talked about a couple uh, episodes ago about Adama Traore. You know, what Jurgen Klopp said about him it is unplayable. It's hard to mark the guy. Yeah, and there's one specific play I want to talk about in that Dortmund PSG game. It was, I believe, a clearance from a corner, and Holland cleared it, and the ball became the down to Jadon Sancho, and he was oh, dribbling yeah. forward, and Holland. Yeah. Hauled ass, Holland hauled ass down that field, and he was like a a horse man. It's a man over six foot, absolutely dusting all these players to get to become part of the the final third attack. That that kind of work ethic, that speed, it's you don't see a lot of players do that, especially for a nineteen year old. That's big. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, he has the the technical ability with it, like the God given talent, yeah, speed, and then the work ethic just along with it, just is an incredible force. Yeah. I'm really mad that Sancho did not pass to him because once he once oh, yeah. he got when to he the broke through. Mm-hmm. yeah once he got to the to the last man in that defensive line he's that's when he started cutting diagonally cutting, yeah. and Jan Sancho decided to shoot. I mean I'm not going to blame him for shooting because he could have scored, 
But imagine if Holland got on the end of that and scored. What a goal that would have been. That would have been one for the highlight reels. Yeah. Um, um, I, um, to answer your question, uh, PSG had actually tied that weekend before. So I think they might be having some form issues because then this past weekend, they I think they were tied 3-3 and they won. Uh, yeah, that was a crazy game, though. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. a really wild game. So I think maybe they underestimated uh, Dortmund's firepower for sure. Yeah, they probably they definitely do have a dip in form right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the I remember you um, mentioned earlier that PSG or our team was just a bunch of names. Yeah, and this has been a season that it's looked like Neymar has gone back to his best, especially in the league. Um, he's been scoring and assisting, really linking up well with Mbappe. But the last four games leading up to the to the Champions League, he actually missed the, the, the last four games leading up to that, which is weird. It, it's it's uh, something you have to question of Neymar's character because there's always every single time he gets injured, it's always a questionable injury, and he always you know there's that rumor about him like ditching, being sick. Yeah, you for, don't know if he's actually injured or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah being mm-hmm. sick or injured when he was going out to parties and stuff for his family and whatever. It's you have to question his character because I mean. He on his day he's unplayable and he's a huge impact and the fact that he wasn't at his best for this uh, or had any form going into this Dortmund game it it really hurt PSG home or away whether or not you know yeah I think PSG looked like they were just getting caught on the back foot the entire game and yeah. I mean it goes to show when they Dortmund uh, when PSG equalized and Dortmund scored right back away yeah after and it was I a mean, Neymar goal but it was it, yeah. Incredible play from Mbappe. Yeah, he was just a tap in for Neymar. Mm-hmm. He hits those even when he's out of form. Yeah, with a torn ligament, he'll still score that. And think, another questionable thing coming from PSG is the the rotation of the players. Like in that game, I don't think Icardi or Cavani started. No, they did not. And Icardi has been balling for them. I mean, uh, as if you're going to go against Dortmund with a shaky defense and put Mbappe up top, fine. Yeah, put Mbappe up top. You know, he's Mbappe. But have a hold-up striker like Icardi or Cavani, yeah. man, to, so Mbappe can play off of them, give him more space. You put a you put a true number nine up there with Mbappe, and that just allows Mbappe to play off of him, and Icardi or Cavani can can bring, can attract a uh, a defender away from Mbappe to give him more space. You know, that's just how. It, yeah, it, know, it adds a different dynamic. I yeah, mean, Neymar and Mbappe on the wings just stretches out the game even more. Yeah. with a number nine in the middle. I mean, I don't think they'll make the same mistake again. Um, on the, the second leg. I think they'll start with either Icardi or Cavani. Yeah, we'll top. see. Um, and you know, it is still two weeks away, so, I mean, yeah. Neymar yeah. could get another injury. <laughs> yeah. A fake, yeah. Yeah, who knows? I mean, who knows? He might even... He did start in in, uh, in Germany against Dortmund. Maybe this is... He's officially back, you know. might He might pick up his running feet again and do something crazy in League One. We'll see. Uh, that I think that is what make or breaks this move on for PSG. They need Neymar at his best. Yeah. yeah. Neymar has to be a, a tool that they use. You guys think if um, Durban knocks them out right now, uh, Mbappe and Neymar stay? I think I think both of them go. Yeah. I, I think both, if they lose this, this round of 16, I think both of them go. And I think if they both go, then I think Thomas Tuchel's out too. I really liked so? him as a coach, but he's, he's making really weird decisions as a coach at, at PSG, which I think is kind of forced because it's a club that's so different from other clubs. You have a lot of players that left uh, with bad with bad terms at other clubs. They're, they're real... Uh, there's a lot of arrogance in that dressing room, which is obvious. You, yeah. know, you got Mario Cotti, Riccardi. He has a history mm-hmm. at Inter, wanting out. Neymar, wanting out at Barca. Mbappe, wanting out at Monaco. Just a lot, yeah. of, a lot of arrogance in that dressing room. I think it's hard to control. And I think that's 
kind of affects his choices for the game. So if he if they lose Neymar and Mbappe, I see he's out too. Because yeah, when you're winning, everything is you know nice. But yeah, but when you're losing, yeah. it the egos get they get crazy. Yeah, you know who would be the best coach for PSG? Who? Jose Mourinho. The arrogance of him with the arrogance <laughs> of all those all those arrogant players. I think that's just a match made in heaven. Yeah. And he has that all should the money be a reality that he could show. want. Like, cause all he complains about is not having a, a full transfer window, not getting enough signings. But he chooses Tottenham. Hmm. But PSG, they'll just wear who you want, bro. You want whoever will buy it for you. That's yeah. just the type Pro of Mourinho at PSG are. and make a documentary. I'd watch it. All or nothing on Amazon Prime. Nothing, yeah. <laughs> Catch us next January on the <laughs> on Amazon Prime. Yeah. All right, man. It's time for it. I know. Starts off, Danny. <sighs> Where do I start? Um, <laughs> I guess I start in the fourth minute. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. That uh, it's unlucky. It was an unlucky goal, but at the same time, we started off on the back foot. The entirety of the first four yeah. minutes was all athletic. If you haven't known, we are talking about the Atletico Liverpool yeah. game the in, in Liverpool Madrid. <laughs> in Madrid. So we, I don't know if we were like a little hesitant, a little shaken by the crowd because they were loud. Yeah, that was a well, loud stadium. I saw Atletico pulling up to the stadium, um, flares everywhere. The street was covered in red. I mean, that was wild. It's one thing playing. Uh, in the Wanda Metropolitano when you're both away teams, Tottenham and Liverpool right. mm-hmm. in the Champions League final, but it's another when you have the entirety of the That's city backing stadium. that team. You know? It's a tough it is it's a tough That's stadium. A they tough packed stadium. it out. There were flares everywhere. The crowd was loud. We gave up like three corner or two corners in the first four minutes and they ended up scoring on one. I, I, w- I wasn't surprised that we got scored on. It was unlucky, yeah. But they definitely hit us on the on the back foot while we were just I feel like watching the game. We had Robertson started off terribly in the first five minutes, and it gave up a corner on his side, and then the goal came from it. But from what I believe, was it even? It was like arguably not a corner, right? That that's what he was complaining about. Yeah, I think, but when I, heard. I mean, at the end of the day, you you gotta go with the calls. Yeah, like, you're not gonna change. You gotta. Yeah. It's w- what Barcelona did. They they were yelling in the Champions League semi. They were with Rigi's goal. Yeah, they got caught off because <laughs> they were in their own minds. They were talking to the refs. Yeah, and then they ended up getting honestly killed for it and we had a man open on the near post you can't let that happen yeah. i mean it was an unfortunate bounce but the man was open wide open on the near post yeah definitely fell asleep um going into that game i think i don't think there was a single person that said that i thought it would win that no game way. so i no. think i think for atletico they're going into a home game with pretty much nothing to lose they're going against the champions i mean you're, you're already not expected to win so you might as well you the know the most dangerous the team wall. is the team that has nothing to lose yeah yeah and Honestly, um, Liverpool did play into Diego Simeone's hands because Diego Simeone, you could you know how he how his team plays. They want an early goal and park the bus. I'm pretty sure the game ended with like 73 percent possession for yep. Liverpool, and that's exactly what Simeone wanted. I mean, I a great think, uh, defensive think, performance um, for them. But Atletico started off the game strong, like fast, attacking. Yeah, and I think that might have caught Liverpool off guard. Yeah, they, they probably thought they were gonna we we're gonna pass part, it around for yeah. a little bit, feel them out. Yeah, and Atletico went out there looking for it the first ten minutes. After that, they got yeah, the after goal. That it was nothing, and then they yeah they parked the bus. But I mean, that's what you gotta. We were complaining the entire time. It was frustrating to watch uh, from a you know from a supporter. But if you're one of the players or the coach, you gotta know that's the game plan when Atletico goes up one zero. Is they're gonna embellish everything? They're gonna cry to try to get cards. They're going to waste as much time as possible, and we let it get to our heads. We really did. Like, I saw from players I usually don't see get frustrated. Trent, Van Dyke, like, some of our cool, calm, collected guys, they got very frustrated towards the end, and it was it was hard to watch because you just want them to focus. Yeah. Every second counts. 
and the, the time that they're complaining about calls or like I'm, I could go on for days about this yeah I, I could just rant but at the end of the day we got outplayed uh tactically we got outplayed Simeone did a good job at home and I mean all we could do is just prepare for the the uh, home leg the home leg and I think you guys can go into that game you know with such anger that that yeah. home that the away game happens that you guys make a comeback but even when even when Atletico scored that first goal um Liverpool uh they, they're for me. Liverpool always look like they start the game every single game. They start slow and they just start building a rhythm. So once they scored that goal, you see Liverpool getting possession. I was like, okay, they're just gonna keep pinging the ball around, shifting that defense from left to right, and eventually, you know, they're gonna start making runs. You know, a penetrating ball through the defense, and that's usually how Liverpool are. They they slowly build into the game and actually make a chance. But that this game was we didn't have any penetrating runs, penetrating yeah. passes, nothing like that. So. I mean, that was the big difference. We we were possessing going left or right, but with our, our midfield three that we had in there, they were all pretty much there to sit, and they were sitting pretty deep back, and we didn't have any penetration until late when we started hitting balls from maybe, I think Oxley got subbed in, and uh, even still, he didn't look too great. It was just, we, we had no creativity in our midfield, I felt, um, and that final pass was not there. Yeah. So was, that, that could um, lose you the game. I, I can't recall, but... Uh... Did Henderson play in this game? Yeah, he got injured. He so okay, he got injured in that game. Yep. Okay, because my question was, I mean, it's crazy to say, but he is a big, he has a big impact on this team now he as does. a leader oh, sure. and the kind of the work he does in the field. Um, he's a big loss. I thought he was gonna be a big loss for this West Ham game that happened earlier today, um, which I think he kind of was. But so yeah, that's it is a big loss for them, Jordan yeah. Henderson. And I think he's out through the the second leg. He's out for three weeks. Yeah. So they expected him to come back around the fourteenth of March and. Uh, our ties on the the 11th, I want to say. Yeah, so, so that could be a big yeah, loss to them against Celtic. He won't be fit, so. Yeah, but I mean, Liverpool, the depth is, the depth of that team is... is but it's is it's, it's a time where, where someone like Oxlade or, or Keita could step up and, uh, and and show some attacking mind. I think that's what we yeah. missed in the first yeah. leg is that attacking-minded midfielder. Yeah, I think, I think uh, Oxlade-Chamberlain is the one to mm-hmm. play because he's like that uh, center mid that has like the late run into the box yeah. when, you know, Mane and Orsola are coming in from the sides mm-hmm. and he's always he's always there top of the box who and he's got a today? cannon on him who played there today uh it started as keita keita and he had a terrible game and Fabinho. it was yeah it was keita wijnaldum and, and fabinho keita had a terrible game got subbed out for oxlade and when oxlade came in the game completely changed yeah so but yeah we'll get to that uh in a yeah in a little bit but I, I think i agree that that a little bit of shaking up midfield would probably be good for us at this time yeah, yeah. so with these um four games that happened this past week I'll start with Danny, and then or I'll start with and then David. Who who goes on from each one? Start Tottenham, then the Tottenham game versus Leipzig, Atalanta, Valencia, Dortmund, PSG, and then Atlético Liverpool. So, Danny, um, I think it's easy. Atalanta goes through for me in that first game. Um, then I have uh, a little bit of shaking it up. I think PSG will grab it in the uh, second leg. Oof! Uh, with that away goal, I think that's huge. Yeah, um, and PSG. Is. At the end of the day, they have nothing else to play for besides Champions League. Right. Um, they could deal with a couple lo- like a loss or a tie or so in the uh, league one in the league by just rotating their players. I think they'll be very very focused on this next game, and I think it, the manager's job depends on it. Yeah. So he'll be having them ready, and I think PSG will go through. Um, when it comes to Leipzig, Tottenham, Leipzig, I think have it in the bag, and then Atletico, Liverpool. I think Liverpool have it in the bag. Yeah. That's just coming from a Liverpool supporter, though. Yeah, awesome. no, <laughs> bias. Nope, no bias. No, no, all, no, no, no bias. No, no, no bias at all. I'm just a little hopeful. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I got Leipzig um, going through, and then I don't see Valencia 
scoring six goals yeah, man, to be yeah. Atalanta. Even though they're home, I think they're still going to lose that game um, at home. Uh, I, I got Dortmund going through. And then that Atletico Liverpool is going to be really good. Especially because they got Joe Felix back. Yeah, Joe Felix That's is not back. That's going to be a, something to look forward to. But yeah, I, I, I got Liverpool going yeah, through Liverpool yeah, for me, Tottenham's got no chance against Leipzig at home. Um, Atalanta, three goals is, you know, too much to come back from. I think Dortmund will at least get one or two away goals in PSG, so I think Dortmund goes through there. And at Anfield, there are, what, 27 wins at home. Yep. And the, biggest, the longest record since, like, 1972. I think they said that today in the yep. West Ham game. Something crazy. They, nothing's going to change, man. They're yeah. they're winning at home just by how many goals. I mean, I don't want to jinx y'all, but you, can you really jinx this Liverpool team with a, such a record? So, uh, yeah, Liverpool goes through for me. Yeah, Klopp will have us ready. Yeah. All right, so now we go into the weekend action. Start with the Premier League. Some really good um, top six, or we should more so top ten, uh, top ten games uh, yeah. between amongst each other. Yeah, you can't uh, really count anyone out in the top ten. Yeah, there's a, a lot of these matchups this weekend were top 10 fights for top four. So especially with this lead, this race so tight for top four and with this possibility of fifth place opening up, it makes it all crazier. So we can start off with uh, the first game of the weekend. Yeah, first game of the weekend and a fat L <laughs> for Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, I, I can watch that any day. We can start off the day with a big celebration because Tottenham took a fat L. And what a game. What a game from, uh, I want to say the whole team played well, but I want to say what a game from Lampard. I mean, Mourinho knew going into this game that he was going to be playing a back, a back three. And that did not affect Lamp, uh, Lampard's changes. I mean, he it's almost like he played my games with Mourinho at his own mind games, you know, threat. And the biggest thing for me was, three players in this game that made a big difference are three players that have struggled for playing time this season, and that's Marcus Alonso, Ross Barkley, and Giroud. And both all three of them are arguably the MVPs of this match. All three of them had incredible games. Alonso's uh, second, or as long as his goal was absolutely Ridiculous. top class. What a strike. I mean, he... Great contact. Yeah. Mm. For me, he's got the best left foot in the Premier League. I mean, I can't think of anyone else who can swing as, swing his leg at the ball like he can. He hit as sweet as you could ask for. Yeah. It's him, Andy Robertson, and, I mean, I think that's all. The, those two got the, the best left pegs in the in the game. Yeah. They're, what about it, your boy Salah? I mean. He, he could shoot a screen. Yeah, but he doesn't he pass. Can. So, I mean, yeah. He's he really, more of a curler. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. can't, he, you can't really count curler. him because he doesn't pass. So. Yeah. But, yeah, man, this game was, it, it had a lot of, uh, had a lot of uh, unnecessary roughness um, just because of what this rivalry is all about. There's so many fouls, and this game was, uh, I feel like every Chelsea game that happens in the Premier League, VAR just gets worse and worse and worse. I mean, if you send off, if you send off Lo Celso for that, for that horrible challenge on Aspilicueta, right in front of the ref, right in front of Lampard, and right in front of Mourinho, and right in front of that fourth referee yeah. that did not get called for the red card. If you have that, Chelsea go on and win maybe three, four goals, three goals over Tottenham. And like I said, with uh, what happened to Tottenham against Leipzig in midweek is what happened to Tottenham this weekend. They had nothing. They had they, they have no hold-up striker. Like they were score. Yeah, you see Bergwijn and Lucas trying to 
if they do get the ball over the top, they're running onto it. Yeah. And you see Christensen, Rudiger attacking the ball in the air. So that is just a bad matchup there. Lampard and, Lampard played the team well to, yes. to, to, to balance out what Mourinho had. Yeah, it was a tactical masterclass. Mm-hmm. It was a tactical win, for sure. Giroud and, oh, man, I can go through every single player and just every every player was on was on their game. Mason Mount was incredible. For me, he was the actual man of the match. Just his movement, his uh, his fighting for the ball, for the ball off the ball. He was constantly sprinting his ass off and um, really helping Giroud get space. And when Giroud has space, he's that much more dangerous. Yeah. So Tottenham oh. just got completely outplayed in this game, and I'm so happy that this happened because this is a win that we needed to go into this uh, Bayern game mm-hmm. midweek. Yeah. It's yeah, the it confidence, confidence that we need yeah. to. Get a result. Get one goal. Get one goal at the Alliance Arena, and we're gold. That's all I care about. I yeah. was happy to see Giroud start that game. Yeah, me too. We were talking about, yeah, we were talking uh, about last yeah. week. Yeah, how he should have started against Man U. Yeah, he deserves it. And yeah. Lampard rewarded him. And now in the press conf- the the post match press conference uh, after the Tottenham game, he says like he knows he can rely on Giroud now, yeah. and I'm so happy because now he has a headache for who starts in in Germany. It could be I would be. I honestly don't care who starts because I mean Tammy's on form. He he'll Tammy's know he's a goal. Yeah, he's he's fit and he's he's in the, he's in the squad. Um, and now you have Giroud that's also in good form. So whoever starts, I mean it's it's a win win for it's a win win and, and kind of a loss for Frank Lambert because he he both players deserve to start and he doesn't know. So we'll see who starts, but both of them are on their game. So that's I'm a good excited. thing to have a headache about though. Yeah, yeah, exactly, definitely. Yeah, especially with all this. Um, Injury crisis in other in other uh, areas of the, of the of the field. You know we have wingers out, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if Mount and, and Barkley start on the wings again, um, just because we have no Hudson Odoi or Pulisic and William and Pedro are kind of burnt out and not yeah. out of form. But yeah, this was a really good game for for Chelsea against Tottenham. Definitely a good feel good win. Yeah. And next, uh, next game after that that was big was the Leicester-Man City game. A yeah. tight 1-0 uh, victory for Man City. And it was a game where I thought that Leicester were, were going to bag one. It I, was 0-0 I, for, the, for a long time. I had Leicester uh, written down that I was going to, at least on my Premier League predictor, I had Leicester winning these, this game. Um, and Jamie Vardy almost put him up one in, within 20 minutes. Yeah. He hit the post. I think the game would have been completely different if he had hit that. Yeah. Um, again, he just looks at, a little out of form. He hasn't scored Jamie in the right. Jamie Vardy yeah. hasn't scored in the last five games that he's played. Rebecca Vardy is a curse to Jamie Vardy. Yeah, once the kid came, he didn't score. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it was <laughs> over once that, that kid was born, man. And the goal came late, right? <laughs> yeah, the goal came yeah. like 70th minute because uh, Jesus came in and yes, after and, Aguero's missed penalty. And it was an assist from Riyad Mahrez, who yeah. is actually in incredible form. Yeah, he's looking yeah, good. He's, he's performing. Yeah, but for me, man, Man City are lucky to come away with a one they are. game. There. Yeah, they are. Watching that game, the amount of the amount of poor fouls that they conceded outside the outside the box for for Jamie uh, for James Madison to hit, mm-hmm. they had. I think there was for me from watching. I wasn't you know I was kind of distracted being at work and seeing. But every time I turned my head to the TV, there was at least three or four times where I saw James Madison lining up for a free kick outside the eighteen, maybe yep. five to. Five to ten yards of the eighteen. One of his shots went off of uh, De Bruyne's hand. Yeah, uh, could have easily been a VAR handball. I mean, yeah. we've seen crazier things. VAR decided no handball, but I mean, at the end of the day, that could have been one. Yeah, and this game could have easily gone either way. Yeah, Man exactly. City ended, ended up edging him out with that late goal, but I think 
Leicester had more than enough opportunities to win. Yeah, if there's a team you if you if there's a team that you don't want to concede a free kick to a set piece, it's Leicester. It's Leicester. You yeah. know, they have players that can bend the ball in yeah. either from the right or the left with Chill on the left, mm-hmm. and then Madison and Pereira from the right. You know, they're and then they just have really physical players. Um, Ndidi, Soyunku, Johnny Evans all can get on the end of a of a cross. Pereira so, looked yeah. great in that game, actually. Yeah, it was. You know, I think Leicester Leicester uh, are bummed out from the loss, but I mean. They can't be too upset. They they held the champions to for zero zero for most of the game. Yeah, for most of the game. You know. Yeah, you got to take the positives from that. Probably burning out a little bit it's towards the end of the season. It doesn't seem like they probably have too much motivation to work towards because what they get They're, a few more points and they get second place. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. Um, but yeah, I think that that's more of a Brendan Brendan Rogers thing. He's yeah. you know assessing the season and what what mm-hmm. games need to be won, what games don't. You mm-hmm. want to win every game, but you have a goal at the end. You know. Save your players for here and there. Mm-hmm. Play out for a play out for you want to play for if not a victory at least a point. And he did want to play for a win, but and would have been happy with a point there. Right. Yeah. Um, well, that was a good Saturday. I it I was thoroughly a enjoyed the games. Yeah. And then I guess moving on to Sunday, we had three pretty this, good games. The, yeah, these are where the games for the battle for top four really yeah. came through. Yeah. Because all Wolves, Man U. Everton and Arsenal were battling. They're they're all within like five points. Yeah. So, and uh, Man U and Wolves go with a three 0 win over absolute just really bad relegation yeah. fodder teams. They're like in bad these, form. They they they're in bad form, but it's almost like they have no hope. You know, they were just watching the. I didn't watch the Man U game. Just watching the highlights, the runs that Martial, Daniel James, Bruno Fernandez were making, they weren't tracked. No. They were easily being able to get make penetrative passes into the box. They, and same thing for same thing for Norwich. You know, mm-hmm. they I think Norwich is the team that's bottom of the table. They have they're for yeah. sure going down. So, and you can tell that they know that they're for sure going down because <clears throat> they, they, there's no fight. Goal. Yeah. And on the reverse end of this, Man U, that's got to be a good win for them because I mean these are team. Watford's a team they struggle with. You know, in they, past, yeah, in past they they struggle against most of these bottom table teams. Yeah, when they win against the top six or tie against the top six. They ended up they end up dropping points against the teams that they shouldn't. Right. So I mean it's good for them to be able to get the points that they needed, um, continue that push for top five, but not really too much of a, a hassle for them at the end of the day. Yeah. They yeah. never looked like they were in any trouble. The one thing I want to say about this um, this Wolves team compared to Man U, you know, they're so consistent. They come to uh, this game versus Norwich with uh, a win, a four 0 win on their back in the Europa League. With Diogo Jota uh, scoring two goals in the Europa League and coming into this game winning, and then you have uh, Man U who struggled to get a point against Club Bruges, and you can tell just the difference between those two teams. Wolves is a team with consistency yeah. and um, just no, they have um, no faults. Like they, they're going into every competition with their best. Yeah. There's you don't hear any uh, injury problems about Wolves. No fatigue. Mm-hmm. But with these teams like Man U, Arsenal, Chelsea, you're going to hear about fatigue, you're going to hear about injuries. But for them, it's like there's no excuses. Nuno's done a fantastic yeah. job at Wolves, and right. they're scary. That's why I think Man U just got to focus on the on the league. Yeah. I, I think for them, Europa League is not a big deal. At least it shouldn't be. Well, it's a trophy. It's a trophy. I'm sure all they want is a trophy. But here's the thing. There's still 31 other teams in that competition. If they'd have to beat every single one and win the final— Obviously, not beat everyone. Is but it they, a round of 32 right now? They're in the round of 32. 32 right now. Yeah. Man, there's 31 other teams. Huge. There's yeah, so yeah. many games. 
they're going to have to prioritize different things if they want to end up winning the Europa League yeah. just to get a Champions League spot. Yeah. When I think they have a way better chance now with the potential Man City knocking out yeah. of making that fifth spot behind Chelsea and actually qualifying for Champions League, which is where their money will come, which is where the better players will come, right. which is where the sponsors will come. Well, even if they... Um, uh... They could still play if Man City don't get that bad. Mm-hmm. They could still play for fourth place. Yeah, they still. Yeah, because I mean so, they're not too far off of Chelsea. Yeah, it's they're, three points. Yeah, so I mean there's there's definite room for them to to move up a little bit, get in that European spot, and I think for Ole he's got to focus on the league. Yeah, because if if at the end of the season they make it to the finals of the of the Europa League and lose, and they get eighth place because they prioritize Europa, that's a L for the season. Yeah, that's easily an L. But as a as a team with such a high stature as Man U, can he really afford to only focus on one competition? I mean, that's I, this is a Man U side that isn't that strong, and you're telling you're saying that he should put all of his eggs in one basket. I do, I do, I do. I, I think, think he needs, needs to, to spread focus over, on I it. think he needs to spread his eggs overall because yeah. one, as a team like Man U, you're expected to win trophies, yeah. so you want to go all out in that Europa League, mm-hmm. and doing that, it's going to make it harder in the U-League for sure because mm-hmm. it's just a it's a more constricted fixture list because now they, the Europa League games, Europa League teams play twice as much as the Champions League teams because yeah. they're so they're that much farther behind the competition to get to the final. Mm-hmm. So they pretty much play every Thursday every time that there's a Champions League game on. Yeah. So the league is tough, Europa League is tough. He has to go for both because that that's the he has to maximize his options of getting Champions League. You win yeah. the Europa League, you get Champions League. You get top four, you get Champions League. Neither are certain for him, though. Yeah, I right. just think that his his he has a clearer opportunity to make Champions League going through the league. So, I mean, obviously, you definitely want to win the Europa League. If yeah. you end the season win the Europa League, that's a fantastic season for Man U. Yeah. Especially their struggles earlier in the season. But if they don't win the Europa League and they qualify for Champions League through the league, uh, I, I think that's still a good season for Ali because yeah. they started off terribly. Yeah. And then now at least they'll have the financial backing and the repu- the repertoire of being in Champions League to actually attract more players. Because prob- Pogba's probably leaving. Yeah. Yeah. Especially yeah. with all the stuff that Mino Real has been yeah. saying about him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But let's also not forget that um, with this impending man, they could get fifth, and that'll make it a lot easier for them too. Yeah. But we don't know. We won't know that. I'm pretty sure the way it yeah, looks, I they won't know that until be... July. Yeah. yeah. So it would be a a bad bounce it would be unfortunate if they do get fifth think they qualify and then man city ends up getting that thing yeah rescinded so, yeah so let's say they get fifth place yeah man you fans are having a sweaty yeah. summer man oh, yeah. they will have to wait <laughs> from may to july to figure out whether or not uh man city got the van yep if they got the van they got fifth place and they got champions league but that's a long wait so that's also something they really can't rely on yeah another two teams that are looking for european competition Arsenal Everton faced Arsenal off Everton. on Sunday. What a game! Bro. Great game. game. That Great game was awesome. Oh man, probably the highlight of the weekend. I think that was the most yeah. fun I had watching a game. Yeah, it was because it started off one nil. Uh, Everton Cal- went up first. Calvert Lewin with a beautiful goal. Yeah, yeah, and then first minute. Uh, yeah, first minute. It was like a minute and first minute. Yeah, crazy. yeah, it was quick. I didn't. Funny thing is, I didn't. I didn't start watching until Arsenal tied it up because I was like, oh man, uh, they're already down one nil, and as soon as I turn on, I see. Um, what was it? Aubameyang scored the first goal. Yep. Mm, uh, no, it was uh, Nketiah. Nketiah, yes. And Nketiah. Uh, yeah. uh, yes. The, the... I forget. Yeah, it was across mm-hmm. from Bukayo Saka, Saka, who's playing out of his mind right now. Mm-hmm. And because he he came in as a sub though, right? Yeah. Because Kolasinac mm-hmm. uh, got injured. Looks like he broke his arm or something like that. I don't yeah. Know. And honestly, I mean, horrible for yeah. Kolasinac. Horrible. He just came I mean, back. He just came back from injury. I think that's better for the team. Yeah, but. 
I think I think a lot of Arsenal fans were wanting Saka to yeah. start just based on form. Yeah. And you know, Mikel, Mikel Arteta may have made the wrong choice, but he was saved because Colossus not getting injured. Yeah. How horrible that may sound. But yeah, I mean, it's it's he came unfortunate in and, for him, but yeah, yeah, Saka came in team. and immediately impacted the game. Yeah, he's he's very good. Yeah, very very good. And I think this game for for Arsenal, it's a win that they needed mm-hmm. because now they're on a win streak. Yeah, and I think unbeaten all of 2020 so far. Yeah. Um, this Arsenal tide has, with Markel Arteta, he's laid the foundations for this team to yeah. succeed, and I think they struggled the confidence, and I yeah. think he's bringing back that confidence that Arsenal needs to keep going. I agree. This one was huge. It was a big test for Arteta's yeah. team. Yeah, especially against a Everton side who has been black, night and day completely changed yeah. with Carlo Ancelotti. Yeah, yeah they've been and, in good form. Yeah, and but it, you know they got the win, but this was a game that Everton could have could have gotten a, a draw from yeah. with all the chances that they had. It, yep. it was back and forth. It was everything you want a Premier League game, back and forth. But Arsenal, are, I think, are they're they're happy with the win, but they also are lucky because Everton had many chances that they missed. I agree. And as inconsistent as Arsenal has been, they found a way to get the result. That's now two in a row. I think this catapults them to being able to get into a European. Yeah, and they're not far off. They may be in ninth place, but yeah, but it's not. Many it's so at tight. All. Yeah, mm, yeah, it's so tight. It's yeah. super tight. I don't. I don't think they can complain if they worst case scenario get Europa League. No, can't complain at all. They had a terrible start this season. Yeah. Unai was just not the right fit, clearly. Yeah. And you could tell with Arteta's uh, tactical changes throughout the game at halftime, they came out at halftime and scored 50 seconds in. Yeah. So that's that's all Arteta right there. Just devising a plan, telling them how to play, come out at halftime, they had the fire, and they showed their team that they actually could rebound in the second half. Yeah. So. And I also think that even, I think it's, a, it's bold from Mikel Arteta that... Um, you have a striker on the bench that you paid a lot of money for. Yep. Who was out of form? Yeah, he found he found his scoring boots again um, last weekend, and you still start Niketia yeah. over him. I think it was it's a, great a bold play statement, too. and you know Niketia probably does, definitely deserves it. I mean, he got a goal, mm-hmm. and he works. You can tell he works hard, but yeah, it's just uh, it's a bold move to 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 choose a uh, a, a really young and upcoming striker over a seasoned veteran. Um, in the prime of his career, like what twenty six, twenty seven. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's they're the, definitely finding their rhythm. Yeah, and I think the key for Arsenal success is keeping Aubameyang happy. Yeah, because yeah. that's a guy who will score goals no matter what. He's top goal scorer right now, tied with Vardy, and he just every time he gets on the end of a ball in this in the in the eighteen, you know he's going to score. Just like the, the the third goal, the the through ball into Aubameyang where he just slots to the right. Yeah. As soon as I saw that, I was like, he's scoring that. You know and he's going to score Every it. time Arsenal play, you tack him down for one at least. Yeah. I feel like he, he just does it. Yeah. And now you have now you have a team that's working together and actually multiple players are performing at their best. Pepe's yeah, balling he out great. right he now. He looked really good. He yeah. Did. Pepe is assist. doing really well, mm-hmm. So, which is what we've been wanting to see from a 72 million yeah. man. So, yeah, they... I can see them going on a a nice run of form from here on out to the rest of the season, which just which makes this top four race just so juicy, Absolutely. so so juicy, bro. And um, then the final game of the weekend was uh, actually on Monday, so it was, earlier today, yeah, earlier today, Liverpool played West Ham, which I think we all thought was going to be a fairly like almost like a formality, not because you know every game in the Premier League you have to fight for, but we didn't think Liverpool was going to struggle too badly, but they ended up going down two one. Right on the right after halftime, and I'm not gonna lie, I was a little nervous. Um, we were at home; I didn't expect anything less than a win. Uh, we ended up pulling it out, but it didn't look—it wasn't pretty. 
it wasn't pretty at all. We definitely showed some faults. We showed uh, some positives of being able to come back from that that uh, being down, which I mean you need to do if you want to be a champion of of England. Uh, but it wasn't it wasn't pretty in the slightest, and I, it doesn't give me good confidence going into the the next game uh, on the weekend against Watford, and then especially into our uh, Champions League tie. Yeah, so. going into this game, how all the controversy going around this West Ham team with the with the board, you know, struggling to to find a leader and just a team with a bunch of individuals, not a team, and horrible in a form. I thought they were going to get absolutely slaughtered by Liverpool because mm-hmm. you know they're angry off of the big loss from Atletico, and they've they found a rhythm because they were truly keeping Liverpool quiet for most of the first half. We and, played a very attacking team. Yeah. We had Keita in there who doesn't play defense. We had uh, uh, Vinaldum who looked great, absolutely amazing, I think today, and then Fabinho who can sometimes get caught out because he likes to play that attacking defensive midfielder style, mm-hmm. and then our our wing backs you know like to get up play almost as wingers. Uh, Joe Gomez can sometimes get out of place. I think with with Henderson in there, he he gets almost like a, a nice defensive, well rounded midfield. Yeah, um, that box Henderson to box. Does everything. But yeah. with him out and Kate up there, it was it definitely showed holes in our midfield and allowed them to get back behind our our wing backs and uh, it honestly exploit us. So it was yeah, it was definitely a frustrating game, but we ended up winning. So yeah, and that goal for the Salah score today have a um brings up an interesting stat, and I want to ask you, Danny. Yeah. So with that goal that he scored today against West Ham, that brings him to uh, tight on goals with Suarez. In 98 games, Salah has 69 goals. And then mm-hmm. 110 games that Suarez played for Liverpool, he also has 69 games. Okay, so he just tied it. Yeah. So okay. my question for you is, based on Suarez's career at Liverpool, and yeah. based on Salah's career, who is the bigger Liverpool legend? Uh, Salah. We are going to win the league this year. I think you can you can base it on, on goals, uh, but... I think at the end of the day, Salah has been in the last three seasons the one that has moved us closer and closer and closer to the title each year. Yeah. Um, you could see his, his he just grabs games by the neck and, and wins them. Yeah, uh, he's a big like, game player. He yeah, he's hard, a big game player, and like Suarez did did very well. He was an amazing player for us. Um, but with the biting, with the racist <laughs> incidents, it, it did it, it taints a little bit of his of his legendary status. Yeah, his at the image. club, his image exactly. Um, and I think Salah has just been. Well, he isn't the bigger, biggest passer. Um, I think he's just been one of the best, uh, well-rounded players for the past three years, and is definitely the reason that we're at uh, the points that we're at right now, and so far ahead. And I think once we win the league this year, he will be the best goal scorer we've had in a long, long time, probably since Dalglish. Yeah, for me, I mean, I, I definitely think the Salah, the impact that Salah has had at Liverpool is way bigger than Suarez has had. Yeah. Which is, I mean, it is crazy to say because how big of a player Suarez is. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just just with the Champions League win alone, I mean, that's something that Suarez couldn't do in the team that, that he was with yeah. under Brendan Rodgers, who were so close to winning the title. But this this Salah's part of this Liverpool team that are winning that are going to start winning trophies, you know, a lot. Yeah, because goals are nice. Yeah, but it's also taking the goals out of the situation. Suarez, the, Suarez the trophies are going to win is going to yeah. outlie anything that Suarez did. At Suarez was scoring at a time where we would win four to three or a tie five five or yeah. tie four four and we would still drop points uh this is coming in a time where salah is scoring winning goals to win two one or two zero yeah uh and we end up winning trophies you can't ask for anything better than that yeah yeah i mean i and i think um the fans actually like there's love for salah yeah definitely. a lot more than there's probably was a little for disappointment Suarez. for the things that Suarez would do for yeah sure. definitely yeah salah's so so loved at liverpool yeah he is 
But yeah, so I mean, I would take Salah over Suarez if it was I agree. up to me. Uh, you see, that's that's a harder question because that's a striker com- compared to a, a winger. winger but yeah. For me, it depends. I think Salah. I think Salah um, benefits from such a great team under him and the tactics for uh, for for Klopp. He wants him to get him behind with his speed. But man, I think you put Suarez in any team and he bags you goals. I think Salah will struggle at certain clubs. Suarez is more adaptable, I'd say. So I'd pick I'd pick Suarez. Yeah, because sure, you can, but. yeah, I agree. Because no matter where Suarez went, from Ajax all the way now to Barcelona, he was absolutely an goal outstanding scorer. goal scorer. Yeah, and Salah has had his struggles with different teams. Yeah, but once he found his system with with Klopp, he was yeah. a a great system player, a great goal scorer, and yeah. definitely got the boast out of him. Yeah, I see your point as well. Yeah. So I think that about does it for the Premier League weekend. We mm-hmm. had a lot of nice games there. Definitely some more games to look forward to with this top four fight in hand. So let's uh, move over onto uh, La Liga, where we had a couple of interesting points to go through. Messi scoring four goals and a five and a one over Ibar. Great game for him, and yeah. it just show, it just, it keeps you uh, keeping those thoughts out of your mind about Messi being you know on the downhill. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. games like this where you're like, oh, Messi's still you know still being Messi. So. He's still Messi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, it was a big win for them because they went. Two points uh, clear from Real Madrid, who were in first. Yeah. Yeah, instantly busting my prediction in the first episode, yeah. saying that Real Madrid won't lose this lead. And here Barcelona is, yeah. two points up. Well, we're, I mean, there's still such a season that we yeah. still have yeah. the Classico to look we forward to. But yeah, this, this game versus Ibar, it's a, it was a real kind of just push forth for the title. Look at us, we just destroyed Ibar 5-0, we're not going to stop. Yeah. And it was a first game for their new signing. Uh, I don't even know how to pronounce it, but let's say it's Breathweight. Something along the lines there, and he's a someone you won't really don't even none. I didn't know who he was. Yeah, I and think he's everybody on, was puzzled by that. Scene. Yeah, and he's on the yeah. towards the end of his career. He's twenty eight years old from Denmark. Yeah. Comes from Leganes. the bottom table, bottom of the table, Leganes. So you're just like, okay, which um, weird signing, but okay, let's move on. But he got comes in late in the second half and and he gets bags two assists. And actually, I have to applaud his movement for both of those for both of those um, positions he got into for the assists because. He's constantly always behind the last man on, so he, he was definitely annoying. I mean, granted, this Ibar team was was a disaster, yeah, and it was probably easy for him. But yeah, it, he got two goals. We really can't ask much more from a from a new signing. Yeah, yeah, instant impact. Yeah, yeah, that's what you want. Yeah, and uh, speaking about the getting two points ahead of Real Madrid, Real Madrid suffer a big one 0 loss to um, Levante. Yeah. What I mean, we didn't even, we didn't just lose that game. We lost Hazard as well. Yeah, oh, so, which is pretty much yeah, I think that's even worse of a loss. Than so, yeah, yeah. so break points. it down for us, David. What 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 do you think about what happened in that game versus Levante? Uh, man, I, Levante has been a tough team all season. Yeah. Um, I think when they played Barcelona, I think they either won or it was a tie. It was close, and um, so we knew Levante is a dangerous team at home. I actually, they're, I, I think they're on a winning streak at home. They haven't lost uh, in quite a few games. And so we knew that going. Uh, I could tell Zidane wanted to put the best team forward, starting Hazard again. Right. And uh, I think we, we paid for it a lot more than just losing the game. Because yeah. now we're second, two points behind Barcelona. And you're on... You lost a big player. We lost a huge player. And you yeah. have a huge tie this week against And then we Man have City. a big week playing um, 
City on Wednesday and then Barcelona on Sunday. Two big games. Oh, which, yeah. That's crazy. Back to back, yeah. yeah. Almost as bad as Chelsea's schedule right now. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, this couldn't come at a worse time. It could wow. not have come at a, at a worse time. But uh, I'm not freaking out too much just because we have played without Hazard um, for most of the season. Mm-hmm. So, and I think we did fair, we were doing fairly well. Um, you have talented young wingers. Yeah. As well. So, uh, we also lost um, Rodrigo for that classical game because he got a red card playing for Real Madrid Castilla over the weekend. So, I thought he would be a, a good, um, at least to have him on the bench. So, but um, hopefully, Bell comes, comes through. Um, he knows we need him, he knows we have a big week. And I'm I'm honestly hoping Bell comes through for us. Yeah, I think he can. Uh, I think Zidane is completely to blame here for this hazard re-aggravated injury. Yeah. Um, it seems like he was kind of rushed back from injury. Um, which you can't blame him for that because you want your best players back. But mm-hmm. take it slow. Ankle ankle injuries are kind of serious. It it's we even when you're even when you come back from an in, ankle injury. I know for myself from playing, I had. Still to this day, struggle with my ankle. Likewise, um, and we you got to take it slow. We were just talking about it last episode where they, they he started him yeah. in the last game, and, and you said, yeah, David said that um, that he that Zidane said that he doesn't want to he didn't want to play, play Hazard until, he until he he's ready to start. start yeah. yeah, but that ready to start tag that he put on Hazard is could have gone either way. Is was he ready to start? Or did you need him to yeah. be ready to start? Yeah. It's very different, and. Like from, honestly, from the tackle didn't back. even seem that bad. Yeah, it, it wasn't came. like a hard tackle where you're like, oh yeah, it was the player. Like it, even if he was fully fit, it, the the way the player um, tackled him, it was the way he tackled him. Yeah, um, because it, they they do clash into each other, and you could just tell it was that ankle was weak. Yeah, it was still weak, and yeah, now uh, he's uh, pretty much out for the season. Yeah, but the general trend when players are injured and then come back when they are ready and fit and practicing with the squad again and are in contention to play, you never see players start yeah. when they first come yeah, back. No. You sub them Always in late the from Always. the get last 20 late minutes in the second in half. Yeah. Minutes. And the first time that Hazard's back fit in the squad, he starts a game and he has to play at least 45 minutes. Yeah. Are you crazy? Yeah, we with definitely foreshadowed injury? that a little. Yeah. In the second, you know, he had a great first game when he on his game back, yeah, but he probably would have been better off in that first game subbing in late. And then yeah. the second game that he got it, re-aggravated injury, Sub him in late again, but Zidane, poor choice. But I mean, what can he do? It's already done and dusted. He's out for the season. Um, it just goes to show he, he's not an injury prone player. Um, yeah, uh, he's he's he, missed. Um, I I saw a stat that said he's missed more games this season than the seven years he was at. Chelsea. he played at Chelsea. Yeah. yeah, he's missed more games in Real Madrid in this one season yeah. than he has ever missed for Chelsea in seven years playing for Chelsea. Yeah. So it, it's it's nuts. It's. Player management. It's down to player management, and it's going to hurt him. It's going to hurt Real Madrid. Who knows how much? I still think they are favorites going into this Man City game in the midweek, just because they're home and they're seasoned veterans in the Champions League knockout stages, especially with Zidane. They play different in the Champions League. Yeah, absolutely. Do. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah. I've learned not to ever doubt my team. Yeah. So for sure. I mean, and let's not. I mean, let's not take anything away from that Levante side. Mm-hmm. I, think, yeah. I think it was clear that they... What a goal. Yeah, what Morales. a goal from, from A.J. Morales. It really was. And it was just... I it, I think it happened right after Hazard was subbed off. I'm pretty sure. I think it, it did. Because yeah. it was a throw-in, and as soon as the as soon as he got subbed off, I just immediately see the ball running down, and Levant, and they play a 
threw ball to Adrian Ross, and, was, and I was like, wait, is, is this like the highlight? But no, it was like this was like a, a continuous play. Yeah. So yeah, um, unlucky there. Um, the, the price is not over. Two 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 points off. Yeah. Um, this this classico of the weekend next weekend could change everything. Yeah, David, who do you got? We're, we're home, classico. so for the weekend. Yep. Definitely um, not Madrid, I, bro. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm going Madrid. <laughs> I, I think, I don't think, I don't see this Barcelona as in it, how it's been the past seasons, where you're like, a, mm-hmm. they're destroying every team. Yeah. Right. They struggle against little teams this season, so I definitely think it's it's a game we could we could win, especially being home, uh, being down only two points. They're gonna go all out. Yeah, I would say, I would say, I would give it to Madrid being home. But you guys have that midweek game that's huge um, and not in the best of form. I'm going to give it a tie, I think. I think it'll probably end up like 2-2 or something like that. Yeah. I, I mean, I can see a, a tie happening as well. It'll be a good game, well. for sure. For it'll the past couple of Classicos, I feel like they've they've doled out a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. part of it's with Ronaldo not being there anymore, mm-hmm. but most of it is because just the— Yeah, the, you don't the, have the, that Ronaldo-Messi yeah, rivalry. Yeah, exactly. Um, like, I remember, I think it was Squawka, Squawka Football on Twitter. They were, mm-hmm. like, previewing this El Clasico. And the two pictures they use are the two number 10s for Barcelona and Real Madrid, and that's Messi and Modric. Yeah. And it's like, you yeah, see that, you're that just like, feeling. it's not the same. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it really Like, is. I don't know. But besides, even besides with uh, Ronaldo not being there anymore, the past couple scores have been very dull. Like, what, what was the last La Clasico? 0-0. 0-0. Zero, zero. Zero, zero. at home. Yeah. You see before, it was like goals galore. 4-2, yeah. to two, you know, a shutout, a shutout absolute. Sorry to bring it up, an ass whooping from, from Barcelona, Barcelona and uh, I, I just remember this one game was like four 0 where any they, they, score they beat the us cracker. before five zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the worst thing. I've and ever then the coach got fired after that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but like that, the the classico is missing that that oomph to yeah. it. You know, definitely. whether or not it's a bad or good for a team in either direction, it just misses that. Ronaldo's definitely a big part of it. The rivalry, yeah. Yeah, so we'll see. I, I'm hoping that this, you know, I, I think really I think this one's going to be exciting. Yeah. I see this one being exciting just because it's for the title. I mean, third so place close. is sitting, I think, they're sitting... Like 52-50 or something yeah, like that. They're sitting a couple of points behind, so I think it's it's a, a title race between first and second yep. only. Barcelona's yeah. at 55 right now. Real Madrid's at 53. And so a, it's two a, points. Atletico? Or, uh, Barcelona's at 55. Real Madrid's at 53. Atletico's all the way down to 43. Yeah, so um, I think this, this game coming up is going to be a... A fight, it will. yeah, it will, and we haven't seen a league fight like that. Yeah, in a while. so I'm ex- yeah, I'm actually excited for this mm-hmm. one. Yeah, and um, with Atletico coming off that one 0 win over uh, Liverpool in the league, they win three to one this weekend with Felix coming back and scoring his return, and that win is also followed by Getafe losing three zero. Yeah, so they were able to push up to third place with yep. Getafe going down to fifth. fifth. Yeah, so that's. Big for Atletico. They're going. There are two games now. In these two games, I feel like things are turning around for them. Yeah. Obviously, they're out of the title race, but that big win versus Liverpool, I think, gave them motivation. And I think it was extra motivation the fact that Felix came back, and with this win, with Jatafi losing, gives them even more confidence to maintain their Champions League place. Yeah. And so I think that you know they might still be a little threat to Liverpool, but you know, in the next round, I um, mean, in the next leg. So we'll see. It just makes it just makes the game looking forward to that so yeah. much more interesting. Absolutely, but yeah, good for them. They move back up to third where they usually are in the league. So. Yeah, it's all balancing out now. Yeah. All right. So I think about that. Does it for La Liga games before we move on to Bundesliga? Uh, things now is a good time to let y'all know that to 
Tweet us out at hashtag Ask3D. Send us in your questions about results over the weekend, predictions, you know, anything you want us to talk about. Use that hashtag, hash, uh, hashtag Ask3D. So let's get it going. In the Bundesliga, uh, Bayern played on Friday um, against Paderborn and went 3-2. to um, A nice um, kind of, sort of, comfortable victory for them. But the thing I want to highlight here is that they have a have an extra day um, to rest against uh, further game to play against Chelsea in the Champions League. I think that's an interesting note, just based on the fact that Chelsea have one less day. They play on Saturday. Yeah. Bayern have an extra day. So that is something to note. Um, they don't seem to have much of a uh, injury crisis. Um, just have a pretty full 15. But, yeah, a nice one over 3-2 uh, three over Paderborn. Um, guys have anything, any notes to say there? I just think Bayern, Bayern, being Bayern. Bayern is doing what Bayern does <laughs> yeah. Yeah. at the end of the day. They find a way to win games. They have I, a f- healthy squad. They're getting a good rotation. Yeah. And I think they're really showing their dominance as it progresses throughout the, the season. Yeah, because definitely. Because they are sitting now one point at top. They've won two, four of their last five games. And I, I can't see any other Bayern winning. Yeah. After this game um, in the post-match press conference, Hansi Flick um, noted that Lewa is in the form of his career, that he is... This is his peak, pretty much, like, right now. Really? Well, yeah, he said that, which is an interesting. That's I disagree. Interesting. Yeah, I think I he's I always been like this. He's just a world-class striker. That's every season he's bagging 20 goals a season. You Last know. year he had an absolutely outstanding year. Yeah. Well, th- th- I mean, the only thing to note is that the start of his season this for this current season was his best by far. He scored every game for the first, like, 14 games or something like that in all competitions. It was crazy. Um He's gonna. I mean, he's gonna be an issue for Chelsea in the in the Champions yeah, League that's side, but definitely um, a player you guys have to definitely watch out. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's a lethal striker. Yeah, and we don't exactly have a, a center back that's yeah. like world class. We have a lot of young center backs, and then we have Antonio Rudiger, who's, in my opinion, awful. <laughs> he scored Absolutely an own goal, right? huh? He scored an own goal. This yeah, time? but it was it was a combination of a mistake between him and Aspilicueta on the marking of. Uh, was that Lamella? Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> I feel like we always come, keep coming back to this uh, James League stuff because it's I'm it, I'm I nervous so. it's, it's, to be the least. Yeah. So awesome <laughs> Another big result from uh, Bundesliga this weekend was Leipzig five zero stomp five zero yeah stomp over Schalke, and I mean Schalke's Schalke's a good team. Yeah. They've yeah they've I mean they've always been they're they're a Bundesliga team you know they're mm-hmm. either mid table or, or fighting for top four. Not so much this season. I mean, you have the new coach, uh, David David Wagner, American guy. Still, still super young. Um, still learning. This, this is his first season with Schalke, so he's still adapting All to the league. All five goals came from different players. Really? Yeah. Yeah. But, and Cuckoo got four assists, and Jeez. I just think this kind of performance for Nkunku just kind of shows just the, the depth of quality that this Leipzig yeah. side has. I feel I mean, like every, ever since we watched them against Bayern, that game, we were like, wow, this, he, they he the brings so much to, to that team. Yeah. Uh, it's a shame PSG let him go. Yeah. I don't don't know if they signed him. Did we discuss that already? I thought he was on loan. No, I, I think you, you said um, that they had sold him. Yeah. Either way, he's – I mean, he's – He's talented. Performing brilliantly in the Bundesliga, and it's not just him. You have Timo Werner. Yeah. Um, you have a good squ- squad around Really good squad. Yeah, Sabitzer, who scored an absolute smash. Paulson. And Olsen, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's it's a team that, you know, they're, they're they're young and they're 
they're healthy there and then you have a coach who's a brilliant absolutely brilliant um brilliant tactician and just to clarify he was sold from psg hmm. okay <laughs> um so yeah um yeah so that's definitely a player that could be on his way out maybe because definitely it, getting recognition yeah because i think they're in a similar um progression as ix were last year yeah. with a lot of big talent that was like that the young the lit yeah young talent um yeah and exactly. be, even the coaches looked at you know um i forget his name but he was ten hag ten hag is the ix coach yeah and he was sought out for i know chelsea were trying to get him but he chose to stay you know obviously it's harder for coaches to to be persuaded out leaving yeah but yeah julian nagelsman is a coach that everyone's looking at he's a big uh young he's only 32 uh Very big tactician yeah and he's coaching he's coaching players that are older than him yeah <laughs> yeah he probably has a couple of veterans <laughs> on that team but um but yeah it's just you're and then you have players like timo warner who's every club wants him mostly linked with liverpool yeah um, yeah after a performance like this i want to down cuckoo will be looked at as well for sure you have ethan ampadu a, a big uh prodigy for the welsh national team that i'm sure lampard is begging to have back he was sold no he's on loan he's on loan okay yeah, yeah i'm sure he'll be back this yeah. summer will be interesting to see uh leipzig who stays and who goes yeah because it could shake that entire team up yeah i think it all depends on how well they do in the champions league for how much they'll look at but yeah. as of right now i see there's all these players staying yeah the only one i can see maybe leaving is team yeah. mm-hmm. but um you know there's a lot of teams that wanted him in, in the in January, but yep. he was not leaving Leipzig yeah. in mid-season. The Champions League can shake up a team. Like, yeah. like look at uh, Salzburg. Salzburg did really well. They drew Liverpool, got the spotlight with Holland, got the yeah. spotlight with Minamino, and both of them left. Now Salzburg are just tanking in the uh, in their league. Yeah. It, it was a big loss for Jesse Marsh and mm-hmm. for Salzburg, the uh, the other American coach in Europe. Um, but yeah, losing Holland, I mean, that's going to that's gonna hurt anyone. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, they just continue to dominate. The t- the title race is getting more narrowed down to a three horse race with um with Munch and Gladbach slowing down. They tied one one. Yep. They're now I'm pretty sure they're like six points they're six away points from Bayern. Mm-hmm. So they're in fourth place. Still have a game in hand, but still still have a game in hand. But they're they're slowing down. I mean that goes down into squad depth yep. and just run a farm. They farm's gonna run out if you don't have your whole team performing mm-hmm. it seemed a lot of the big performances are coming from players like um alessandro playa um so yeah they tie one one really not gonna win the, the title this year or at least not even contention anymore yeah. it's definitely down to bayern red bull and dortmund, dortmund who had a comfortable two win two nil win this weekend holland's still performing holland's still scoring yeah um it's crazy how he's got signed in january and his first month in, he wins Player of the Month, yeah. which by a large margin was voted for yeah. Player of the Month just based on his impact. There was no other contenders. Yeah, but I, I want to highlight something here that um, I mentioned before in the game against uh, PSG that Reyna was once again brought on in the 70th minute and did not look out of place at all, yeah. constantly looking um, looking like a threat. Definitely He's only 17, positive. man. He, he, he was um, same boat as Pulisic, you know, coming on at 17 consistently off mm. the bench. And then the next season, Pulisic was starting every game. Yeah. I truly think that the way Reyna's going, starting next season, he's starting. You know, can you imagine starting in a let's see, let's look at like a front four because they usually play like a four-two-three-one. Front four of Reyna, Royce, Sancho, and Holland. And you know, still that who, who keeps that who what players they have on the bench with that? Julian Brandt and Thorgan Hazard, two players who are also very good. Very good. Yeah. 
So if they keep him all healthy, especially Royce, it's so hard to keep Royce, and help, keep yeah. Royce healthy. But, His ankles are made of glass, honestly. Yeah. They may not win the league on the Bundesliga this season, but, man, if they have a healthy squad with those front four and the two on the bench like that next season for depth. Uh, well, I think uh, Darwin might be losing a couple of players this summer as well, like Jaden Sancho. Yeah, Jaden Sancho could leave. Yeah. I feel like I be, I've been saying that for the last three years. Yeah. Uh, Dortmund yeah. every single year. Like, oh, well, you know, they, they are looking good for next year, you know. Yeah. Oh, but oh they, next year defense, they're looking good man. for next year. Their defense is struggling, yeah. yeah. I forgot to add that, yeah. Hummel's in – right now it's Hummel's in Akanji mm-hmm. right now, who are both really good center backs, but they really, they are looking really shaky together. So do you think you think you sell Sancho and then uh, go look to beef up the defense? Absolutely. Because mm. Sancho's going for at least $125 million. Because yeah, Witzel and, uh, and Emery Chan are looking good in there. Yeah. In the midfield. I don't see and, and then, then Bront can put in a good shift in there too. Bront is one when he's healthy. Yeah, um, and then yeah, if you just get some some defenders, I think I think you're in for a good a good run next year. Yeah, well, I think uh, Madrid are actually bringing Hakimi back this summer. Oh, are they really? Yeah, they're looking uh, to bring him back, especially with the dip in form Marcelo's been having. Mm-hmm. Um, but he can play both left back and right back, and right? Yeah. Okay, that that makes it a lot better for him to get back into the Real Madrid team. Yeah. But yeah, and he's doing so well for Dortmund. He's he, been yeah, he's, he's this been season and last lot, season he yeah. was so good. So there, there's definitely a player um, we're definitely looking to bring back, especially because yeah. right now um, we put out on loan um, Alvaro Aldriozola to Bayern. So, and I think that's a two-year loan. So, uh, Real right Madrid back. love those two-year loans, bro. Yeah, they, they Hamas two-year loan. Uh, Hakimi was Hakimi on two-year loan. Two-year no, Aldriozola. So is uh, and then Fabio Contral a couple years ago two-year yeah. loan to Monaco, and then. Um, Odegaard is on a two-year loan, which him and Hakimi. Was this his first season at Real? Yeah. Uh, Sociedad, Sociedad. Real Sociedad, yeah. And he's been doing so well. They're actually uh, considering bringing him back um, early? this summer. Early. As see, well as Hakimi. See, that's, I mean, yeah, but I mean, for Hakimi, it's down to the player because I think he does want to stay at Dortmund, if I believe. Cause he I'm, said that at the beginning of the season just yeah. because how well they were doing. Yeah. Um, I think I saw in the in – uh, recently, in a in an interview, he was saying that he wants to play at Madrid. Yeah, but recalling a player early off of an agreed like term is for the um, connection between clubs can hurt for sure. Yeah, because if you, costly, if you, isn't it? Huh? It's also costly, isn't it? Yeah, you have to pay yeah, you extra. Have to pay, yeah, but definitely. I mean, that's gonna hurt Real Sociedad if you bring him back a year early from the agreed from the agreed term. Yeah, um, that's usually never good. They usually. Because let's say Real Sociedad get another, let's say like Real Madrid want to buy um, Isak from Sociedad, who's actually a baller of yeah, a striker. He's, a baller. he's underrated. No one's really talking about him, but he, he was there's going to be close. Yeah, he's going to be um, looked at in the summer for sure. And if Real Madrid want to snag him after, you know, they bring back uh, Odegaard early, I can see Sociedad being saying, "Screw you! Like you <coughs> screwed us. We're not selling you Isak." Yeah. yeah, that kind of thing. That kind of thing happens a lot in Europe. So. It's not cool to do that kind of thing, but no, no, Real Madrid no. don't care. Yep, <clears throat> they only care about winning. So they have the money. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so moving on to uh, Syria, big um, world news kind of that happened is uh, there's a coronavirus outbreak in Italy yeah. that canceled yeah. four games, one of them being Inter Milan. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are now uh, game in hands with Juve, getting a gaining lead with their game that they played. Um, they beat Spal 1-0, or 2-0, I think. I know Ronaldo scored at least one goal. Yeah, he's it's 11 games straight. Yeah, and he's already beat his record 
of goals that he got last season. Last season he got 19. Yeah. I think he got 19 goals. He's already at 21 with still a couple months left to play in, in Serie A. So it's nice to see that he's improving um, at such an uh, older age, 32, uh, 33. He tied uh, the for the record of most consecutive goals scored yeah. with 11. And I think he also just played his 1,000th game. Yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> He won't catch Chiray Mobley because Nate Mobley's out now at 27 goals. Yeah. Um, he won't catch him, but hey, you can't complain about having 21 goals. Especially yeah, Mobley already passed um, last year's top goal scorer at 26. Yeah. It's crazy. He's he's going to be still two months to go. Yeah, he's going to be Higuain's 30-plus goal record. Oh, for record. sure. Because that's, that's the most goals in the season was um, well, Higuain, I think it was for Napoli. When yep. he scored. Th- yeah, it was. Sorry. It was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... It was a pretty dull um, weekend for uh, for Syria, but yeah. it just makes it interesting. Now this actually hurts Inter Milan because now they're going to have a more congested fixture list. It's even it's already congested now that they're in the Europa League because mm-hmm. um, they're going to be playing every Thursday. They play Juve this weekend. Yeah, which you mentioned before we started recording that they could be it could be a game with no uh, yeah. with no it stadium. Could it could just out, be yeah. a, a private match oh, that's aired because yeah. of the virus. Yeah, it's crazy. And is it a is it a home game for Inter? It is a home game for Juventus. Oh, okay. It's in Juventus, okay. Yeah. So that hurts Juventus. Yeah. Because the fans, you know, fans oh, everywhere are going to be yeah. a big impact. So the fact there's going to be no fans is just another day at the office for it's Inter. Like a script. Yeah, it'll be an interesting game. Yeah. And I oh I I believe 100 that Conte is a better coach than Sari, and Sari should be doing better at Juve with the squad he has. You have Ronaldo on Juve, who's already a strong team. You should be. This shouldn't even be a title race for me. Um, and then you have Conte, who's breathing down his neck with a game in hand, sure. But um, Conte's, I think Conte's going to another win for, for you think Inter, Inter t- in this game. takes that one? Sorry? You think Inter takes that one? Oh, yeah, for sure. Conte's, Conte is known for tactically outclassing the other, the other team all the time. It's a good one. For Whether sure. or not it's a late into it, you know, that Inter Milan, that the Milan derby, AC Milan started off really strong, and yeah. it, it waited till the second half for it to come through. But like, it shows that what Conte can do. Juve also plays this week, so right, true. Mm-hmm. They play Lyon. They do play Lyon's league. And with that, you want to just run straight into our Champions League predictions for I this would, week? I would love to. All right, let's start off with that. So Lyon, Lyon are home, um, playing Juve, and honestly, I could see Lyon taking them down. I can. I, I could have if Memphis Depay was still playing. Um, but I think they're lacking that, that one piece. They look good in group stages, but they just squeaked by, and I think they're missing Memphis, and without him, I think Juve will take it. They I are think. missing four players. They're missing Jeff Rennie Adelaide, who is out for the season, mm-hmm. Memphis Depay out for the season, and then two of the younger players who um, probably don't get much not, playing not, time not anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Juve have three injuries going into this game. Higuain's out with a back injury. Douglas Costa hurt his hamstring, so he'll be out. And then Demi Rao is out for the season. Um, actually, it looks like Higuain might Higuain might make a feature just because it's, it's a day-to-day injury, mm-hmm. so he could see, um, he could come back. But I, d- I doubt he starts. So I doubt it. I think out of that, I think Higuain's the only big loss for that if he doesn't play because Juve have a bunch of. Well, plenty of wingers who could fill in for Douglas Costa, you know, Dybala, um, yeah. Quadrado. Um, yeah, they're, they're a very then, attacking uh, team. What's his name? The Italian guy. Um, Bernadeschi. Yeah. Bernadeschi, yeah. yeah so that's that, not a big loss. Yeah. 
But yeah, I don't know. This Juve team is just not convincing for me. I just I think they're gonna rely too much on a Ronaldo Champions League, you know, yeah. crazy masterclass that he's usually Yeah, I mean he, he pulls out. He does pull it out often, so yeah. eventually the magic might run out. But I still I think I have Juve going through um on this leg. I, I, I have them going through. But oh, yeah, this yeah. home game I don't see them winning. Okay. Because I, 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 I have Juve this happens too. a lot where Juve leave it to the last leg. Yeah, and yeah. then Ronaldo puts the team on his back yeah, with yeah. some headers. <laughs> yeah, I feel like they take it easy that first game, and then they start they slow. ended up get, uh, going down. They turn it up that yeah. second leg. Yeah, Leon could surprise us. You never know. Um, yeah. I haven't been watching too much Ligon. I so. mean, it's, it, I, I feel like uh, I'm They're one of those guys who, who thinks nothing is set in stone in soccer. Yeah. Because... We could we nobody thought Liverpool was going to lose that exactly. game. Yeah, and exactly. Who either way? So that's why I, that's why I think this this season of the Champions League is is one for the underdogs. It's, yeah, I agree. So you know, I'm confident yeah. for Chelsea being an underdog against Bayern. You know, Atletico are a big underdog against Atletico. Mm-hmm. Um, you could argue Leipzig and Dortmund are Spain. underdogs against their their respective teams that they have to go against. And so. speaking of another underdog, I'm uh, I'm going to choose Napoli against Barca on this one. I'm taking one. the big underdog on this one. I think Dude. Napoli have the strength to take it to Barca, and I think Barca will not expect it. Bro, trust I'll me, hop on that train. Trust me. I've played Napoli <laughs> twice now in the last two years, and they are no joke. Yeah. They are no joke. In winner go home games, they absolutely turn it on. Dude, they they, they put Liverpool on their ass in that first yep. game. In the They're one of the few teams oh, we've, right. we've lost to this yeah. year. They are a very good team. They might be doing absolutely horrible in, in well, Serie A yeah. compared to what they're used to. You know, yeah. top four, they're in mid-table. Fighting for Champions League, uh, to I mean, with the more loss of Ancelotti, yeah, yeah. Now they have uh, Catuso. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, man, still, I'm going for Napoli on this one. Yeah. I think oh. Napoli will take it to Barca, especially at home. I'm gonna have to agree with you on that one. Yeah, for for the first leg, I definitely see. Um, yep. Maybe there might be a couple goals for Messi that'll surprise you, but you know, Napoli. They if they can put it to Liverpool, they can put it to Barca. Yeah, I agree. I, I think I think it'll be a surprise from Napoli on yeah. this one, especially being in Italy. Yeah. Um, before we uh, finish off with CFC or Chelsea versus Bayern, let's go ahead with the uh, Real Madrid versus Man City. Real, this is a home game for Real, and like we said before, missing Hazard. Yeah. Um, what do you think, Danny? I have Madrid. I. It has nothing to do with me hating City, but it also <laughs> may have a little bit to do with me hating City. <laughs> um, I, I'm a I'm a big uh, I'm I'm a big fan of of what Madrid's doing right now um, in the Champions League, and I think that they are going to have enough to go through with playing their young guys. I don't think the loss of Hazard will really do too much because they've been playing the entire season without him. Right. And I think I think they really got a City at a great time. Right. City looks like they're out of options. Aguero looks like he's slowing down. Um, Jesus did get a goal, but he's a very, very inconsistent player. Yeah, um, Mahrez looks still to be, young. Mahrez and De Bruyne look to be their only real attacking options to create that flair. So I think if, if Madrid definitely just try to tackle that, their defense is an easy pick apart and they'll get a couple goals. Yeah. Especially at home. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I mean, um, I think we have what it takes to beat um, City right now. Uh, I think our our defense is looking pretty good, um, especially with Mendy in the left back. He hasn't played left back the, these past two games um, for us. So, And you could tell that, that difference. Uh, he's a new and improved Marcelo, I feel like. Just off of the one game? No, no, like how he's been doing this season. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I have confidence in our defense. I have confidence in our midfield. Uh, I feel like our uh, – it all depends how Zidane uh, decides to line us up. 
um, how we face um, City, but I, th- I think we'll, um, we'll take this one at home. Yeah, going into this game, um, Bale and Jovitz are actually um, coming off from being sick, both of them, so they, they're in the squad, but it's kind of like a game day decision whether or not they actually play. Right. Um, while Man City are just losing Sané and uh, Sterling. Um, Sonny's out for the season, and Sterling's doubtful with a hamstring injury. Dude, Sterling's um, their producer when it comes to the Champions League. Yeah, he scores goals, but yeah. I think um, the form that De Bruyne in, the form that Mahrez is in, mm-hmm. um, I think, and you compare that to uh, players on Real Madrid in their respective positions of De Bruyne and Mahrez, they don't, they're not performing the way De Bruyne and Mahrez are. De Bruyne is, I think, this is his best season for uh, yeah, without for, a doubt. for Man City. So whether, regardless of how they're playing uh, in the league, you know they're losing to Liverpool by a large margin. But De Bruyne has been a baller, such a baller, and I think he, if he contributes that to the to the Champions League in this away game, they can get a crucial away goal, and I can definitely see them getting through. We can't I mean, forget for, City is the the high favorites to move on in this one. Yeah. Especially after getting that ban, they are going to want to yeah. win the Champions yep. League. I'm, I'm excited for the De Bruyne-Casemiro uh, battle. Oh, yeah. In the I think Casemiro will get in his head. Yeah. He's I a, think he's a very I think player. De Bruyne will get in his head. Dude, Casemiro no, dude. makes Casemiro, me hard so mad when head, I watch bro. him. When I when I when like when Liverpool ends up playing against him, Casemiro makes me mad, dude. He's just, he yeah. just late late kicks on the ankle. Yeah. And he'll get in Tactical your head. fouls. The tactical he fouls. Knows about and stuff when the fouls. referee isn't looking, like he'll... He'll be able to get you nothing for like a yellow card or anything like that, but just to know that you're there. So when you get the ball, you think you're like, oh, where is he? Right. He he definitely gets in the head of players. He's a wall for sure. But yeah, you mentioned that um, you don't think Hazard is a um, a big loss for them just just because he was hasn't played all season. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, but, they'd be better with him, but yeah, yeah. they would. But mm-hmm. he when he when he's the main man on the team, he pick he's just a different level. Like you saw what he could do, you know, at Chelsea for seven years. But it was the most highlighted part of him was I think in the World Cup how hard he carries such a talented Belgian side. Yeah. And I think when your team is struggling to create chances, he's that one player that can take on two, three players and open up space for another two or three players and truly change it. So they, Brownwoods are going to hurt without him. Yeah, definitely. That's a big loss. So that's why I think Man City will at least get a crucial away goal this game. I, I can see Real Madrid winning it, but they're not shutting out Man City. Okay. Yeah, so I'd say Real Madrid wins that wins the home game for sure. All right, and now I know you were uh, saving this one for last. Yeah, let's, let's hear your prediction from Chelsea <laughs> Bayern. Um, I think this um, coming off a big uh, London derby, a victory can motivate this young team to get an away goal. I I, I say this game goes three one to Bayern because Bayern and our Bayern. Crazy roller coaster players, so much squad depth. Um, Isn't Chelsea home? Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> uh, for the for the for the second leg, for this is what I. They're still gonna get a couple, I think. Um, but I I hope we can. I think we can truly uh, keep this team, uh, Bayern team, to a to a tie for this first leg. I think um, that would be good for you guys. Yeah, to keep it to a tie. tie. Mm-hmm. You know, it, I I don't I don't think you can stop this Bayern team from scoring. Um, especially against our shaky defense, but mm. I think this motivation will will go toe to toe with this team, just based on how Frank Lampard motivates our players, how our, our young players like Mount, um, Tamori, um, Reese James, high press and busting their ass in the midfield to you know not, not not let this team have any time on the ball, and I think that'll go a long way, and we'll have a nice even game for this home leg. 
So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the only time I'm picking a score out of these games. I'm gonna pick Bayern one zero over Chelsea. One zero. I think it's a it'll be a pretty slow game. I think neither team will want to lose. Chelsea will definitely be sitting back a little bit, uh, trying to get a little counterattacks. Yeah. Um, I think Bayern will end up getting some late, uh, maybe end of the first half. I think late in the first half they'll get a goal and they'll sit on it for the rest of the second half. Yeah. I think a one zero win would be definitely Bayern would be very happy with that. I think on I don't think Chelsea could complain too much with that either because they're mm-hmm. only one goal on even if it, even though it's a, in a, a, a crucial away goal. Mm-hmm. Um, but just a note before like going into this game, Lampard's press conference, he got a lot of questions asked about you know comparing his squad to Bayern, how their squad depth and the way they're playing right now, the position they are in the Bundesliga, and the question he got asked was if Chelsea was a underdog in this uh, game going into against Bayern and his answer was that uh he he does think that they are an underdog Mm -hmm. but the the on a note that he said that Chelsea are gonna have to suffer in moments of this game just based on the quality that Bayern has and I think that's fine every uh, a matchup like this you're gonna suffer against teams that are in such good form but it's when you are no longer suffering in those moments that you take advantage of it yeah and I think we could get it's all about uh, scoring our chances and if we do that especially with Tammy and Giroud both in form it's okay to suffer and we can get a good result after this at this home game so I, I, I see what you're saying I think that you're right they will suffer and Byron has quality so whether or not they finish that's the big that's the big thing yeah so they're gonna have definitely two or three big opportunities whether they finish or whether do you think Kepa or, or Caballero will play you can't take out you can't take a Caballero especially the brilliant saves he had against Tottenham yeah he, so and Will, Kepa understands he's a good professional. Yeah. He knows that he's out of form, and I think Lampard's actually saving his career, giving them this time to, of yeah. a break. Yeah, he's saving his 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 worth, and he's saving his um his mental health just because of all the scrutiny he gets. You know, Chelsea fans are are no joke, and he's been getting he's been getting absolutely roasted. He has yeah on social media in the stands. You know, so he's giving him this good break, and it's nice that Kepa. Well, you're the highest paid Kepa. keeper. Yeah, yeah. Or most expensive, most keeper. expensive keeper, yeah. And you know you can't. It's good for that Willie came in and is performing. Um, so yeah, um, I have Bayern winning this one. You do? Yeah, I mean they they have a couple of days of. They have an rest. extra day. They have an extra day break. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Lewandowski is going to be such a problem. Yeah. Right, for that, for those center backs, um, I, I I see Bayern winning this one by two. At least two. Yeah, and the thing for me, I think Lampard, um, he kind of says otherwise in the press conference when it comes to, he was asked about, like, Kepa, how expensive he is that he deserves to play just based on how expensive he is. And he says, like, once they drive out of this club, they're here and they're a player like everyone else. Yeah. But Rudiger was out for so long, and when he was out, Tomori and Zuma were were our best uh, duo in the back. And there was nothing to suggest that they deserve to 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 be benched once Rudiger come, came back. Now Rudiger is back, and he is starting every game, regardless of how horrible he plays. And Tomori hasn't seen a game since he's come back. And I think the only player that can arguably deal with Lewandowski is Tomori and Zuma because there's pace and yeah, there's physicality pace, yeah. that can match Lewandowski's like um, strength, threat. Just pure strength, yeah. I think Lewandowski runs all over Rudiger all game. And yeah. I know he's going to start, and it's so frustrating, but... I, the center backs that I want to see, if we do do a back three, it's got to be Christensen in the middle, Zuma on the right, and Tamori on the left. Or maybe not um, Tamori just because how little he is, but Ashby Laqueta, a seasoned veteran, experienced. Mm-hmm. So I, 
the the center backs that I expect to see are Rudiger, Christensen, Aspiquita, like it wasn't um, Tottenham. But that's a mistake. Rudiger can't play. He, I, he's he's not strong enough. He, he's yeah. I think he might be your weak link. Yeah, he is in that game. Yeah, we'll see if he gets exposed. Yeah, it'll definitely be a game of opportunities. If if Bayern can take advantage of them, I think Bayern will go through, or I think Bayern will win the game. Uh, but it's Chelsea's going to have very few opportunities. So if they take advantage, they they might get a get a goal. Yeah, that's all it comes down to. That's been the that's been the the defining part of our season is not scoring our chances yeah. that could have won this game. So yeah. we that can't happen in this game. We need to score chances. They cannot. You're right. Yeah. Just don't start Batshuayi. Oh man, he ain't even. I don't even think he makes the bench, bro. No, I think <laughs> we watched that game. He missed every chance. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he was, oh, like, he was oh, so bad. God. Yeah. He's he, out on loan already. Yeah. He don't. <laughs> he's just. He's getting. He's getting sent to the dressing room to watch SpongeBob on his phone in the, in the dressing room. <laughs> oh goodness. Keep him entertained at least. Keep him happy. But yeah, he, he he's not making the squad. He didn't make the squad against Tottenham. He's not making the squad against yeah. Bayern. Yeah. And you know what that sound is? It's time for viewer questions. This is a segment we've just recently started where we have people ask us on Twitter using the hashtag Ask3D some questions that you want us to answer live. So here we go into our first one. The first question is, what are your predictions for the Golden Boot in the Premier League? Great question. Um, who asked that question? That was Austin Craddock. Shout out, Austin. Shout out. Yeah, thank you for the question. <laughs> we really appreciate you guys uh, asking us some questions so yeah, we yeah, can keep uh, them coming. add to the segment. Keep them coming for sure. So, Devin, who do you think? Um... I'm sorry, what was the question again? Uh, who, who do you think the Premier League Golden Boot will go to? Oh. Well, with Aubameyang and Vardy both tied at uh, 17 goals, I have to go with Aubameyang. Um, I agree. He's a, That's why I have. Yeah. It does, I mean, it's crazy how last season, too, um, Arsenal were struggling to... They weren't even in the title fight at yeah. all, but he was still the top goal scorer. He yeah. tied with... Tied with, with Mane Salon and Salon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so he was one of the three that got the Golden Boot, and I think he'll get it again this yeah, year. I think he will. uncontested this year, though. I think he'll be the number one. Yeah, I agree. Just because now you see Vardy dipping in form, mm-hmm. and when Vardy was in form, he was in the lead by a large margin. He was, yeah, yeah. And now Aubameyang has been doing Aubameyang things. I, I think he'll have a, like you said, a, a clear, distinct, uh, undisputed win. Um, but do you guys think, um, with Arsenal still being in European competitions, that he'll get some games where he rests, so he doesn't have those chances of scoring? No, I don't think he rests. Um, I think if. <laughs> I think they have a big enough squad to rotate, but he's like probably the first name on the team sheet just based on how crucial he scores, Definitely. how many goals he scores, and how easily he can get a goal when you're struggling to get a, a solid victory. So yeah, he's undroppable, and I think based on the fact that he is undroppable, it makes it that much easier for him to be the top goal scorer. He also, out of the entirety of the top goal scorers in the league, he has the most minutes played. So yeah. I think that won't go away. I think he'll keep playing almost every almost every single game. Yeah. yeah. What about you, David? Um, I had Vardy just for that same for that reason that I feel like Arsenal may rest him. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and Vardy's the and Leicester one. has. They're not in European competitions. Right? No, no, they no, have. So they, they could only focus on that. So I think yeah, yeah they have an that, easier that's time. That's why I wrote down Vardy. Yeah, um, it's not. He could probably. I mean, he's Vardy. He can pick up his form again. Yeah, for sure. He could. Yeah, for sure. All it takes is that one goal. Get you going again. Yeah, yeah, that's true for a lot of strikers. So yep. Next right, question. Uh, another question from Austin. We appreciate it. Uh, who is the most underrated player in the Premier League this season? That's a good one. That is a good one. What do you think, Daniel? That's a thinker. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, I will go Dean Henderson. 
Dean Henderson. I'll go Dean Henderson. Sheffield United, Sheffield United goalkeeper. That's yep. a good shout. I think he was. He is the underlying factor of the reason they're so high this year. Obviously, Sheffield is the biggest surprise of the season. Yeah. Um, and I think he is the biggest factor because none of their players are going above and beyond with goal scoring. They're winning games by one goal, and they're keeping a lot of clean sheets. And he is one of the he's biggest the root, reasons. He's the, he's the first last man back in that. He is. So, so I think he's good one. he's my shout for most underrated player. Um, he has some outstanding games as well. So he may, He's made some incredible saves. He has, and I don't yeah. think he gets enough talked about. He's not... I don't know. Do you think he'll be called up for the England squad? 100%. You think so? I think, um, I still think, uh, Everton's goalkeeper, I, his name's Pickford. not coming tomorrow night. Pickford. Pickford. Yeah. He's Pickford still the number, number one, one. Yeah. And I think under, he's does undeservedly number one. Yeah, I agree. Because of the mistakes he made. He also has little arms. Yeah. Nick Pope, <laughs> Nick Pope is, is a phenomenal Burnley keeper. Yeah, he is. Um, he's great. And then you have Dean Henderson, who's probably the, the, the most informed English keeper right now. Mm-hmm. I think he could, Kick one of them out easily. So yeah, yeah I, I say he's he's in the squad for at least he's in Gareth Southgate's head for the I, Euros. For I think sure. he should make the the squad. Yeah, he deserves it. Um, Who do you think? Who's yours? For most underrated, I'm yeah. stuck between two players for very different things. Um, first, I'll say De Bruyne is one of them, just because mm-hmm. um, Liverpool is is being wanked off to no end with mm-hmm. all these players. Um, everyone knows that Monty's going to win it um, based on how, how well he's done this season, and he's on the the winning the winning team but it was almost like coming from last season for man city the entire squad just dropped in quality yeah and from where de bruyne was he took it up to another level i can see that and he just completely outshines i don't i still don't think i don't think you call him underrated though he's number one for assists right now well yeah but he's not i but the whole fact of being underrated is not being talked about but i think he's not even from the fact that i never hear him in the Mm -hmm. talk for being player of the year bothers me and that's why i think he's underrated okay um a more reasonable choice for me is uh jack Grealish. he is um most cha- has the most chances created in the premier league and he's on a uh a struggling Villa team and i think he's uh you don't see this a lot but if Villa get relegated i can see him going to a top six team and being their best player yeah i i could get behind that pick yeah, I can get behind that pick because you take Jack Grealish out of Villa, and they're I think they're under Norwich. Yeah, they're bottom of the table. <laughs> I think they're under Norwich. If you take them out of that team. <laughs> they're being sent to the championship yeah. early. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're playing in the we're championship playing with 19 in April. Teams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, he's incredible. I mean, he the like I said before, he's top of the chances created chart. Mm-hmm. He snags a goal for Aston Villa when they need it most, and yep. it's from an just incredible individual play. Yeah, and yeah, it's a good shot. Yeah. I'll throw in my two cents. Uh, I don't really watch the Premier League that that often, but um, I could get behind De Bruyne just because I know he's performing, and you don't um, hear people talk about him yeah. enough mm-hmm. um, for how well he is performing. But you two are the Premier League um, specialists, so I'll leave <laughs> that one out to you guys. Yeah, and then, um, there's a there's a lot of uh, really well performing players. Um, even just from that Sheffield team, you can say Lundstrom is Lundstrom's is, a good one as well. Is a good shot for good, uh, um, good goals this season. Underrated player, yeah, yeah. Um, especially half, coming half from that team is underrated, man. Yeah, really, yeah. Because even even now, like looking at that uh, Sheffield team who are sitting fifth place, mm-hmm. right? Um, I can't name their I can't not name their starting eleven. I can't either. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can but name half there, of it, but, but they're, they're there. Yeah, but they're there for a reason. That I mean, sometimes it does change, but th- yeah. at the end of the day, they have a great team, and they're not talked about enough. Right. 
All right, well, let's go into our next two questions from the same viewer. Uh, Billy actually sent in two, and the first one is, if the ban holds on Manchester City, where do you think Pep is heading to next? Oof. Mm. Want to start us off, David? Um, I, I could see him going to a club like Juve. Mm-hmm. I don't see Sarri sticking that long, sticking around that long. Um, I could, I think, it, I could see him being a good fit for Juve, um, or the Italian league. Um, I, I don't know if he'll want to coach Ronaldo, yeah, but, um, but besides that, I think I, I see Juve picking him up. He's also never coached Ronaldo before, right? Yeah. So he might look for a challenge there. Yeah, I mean, it'd be definitely a challenge for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, I also picked Juve just based on the fact that he seems to be going through each league once he goes. He yeah, goes to the yeah. One. He hasn't been. He hasn't tried out yet. Mm-hmm. From Barcelona, he goes to Bayern. From Bayern, he's gone to England. The only top league left. I mean, he could go to France, but there's no challenge in France. I don't think he's going to France. Yeah, yeah, there's no he challenge in France. He, if he mm-hmm. goes, if he wanted to be ballsy, he could go for like a like a like a, a Lyon, Lyon, or Oof. or Marseille. But that's. He doesn't. He won't risk it like that. I also don't think they have enough money to get him. <clears throat> right, yeah. and yeah. I think how, you know, Juve might be in first as of right now, but they're always in first. Mm-hmm. And I think Sarri's. Um, I've said this a lot. How Sari's underperforming, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I don't. I can easily see if this band goes through, and Pep leaves, Juve are all over that because you. If this is the only opportunity you have to get the best coach in the world, yeah. And Juve won't pass up on that opportunity. I agree. And that's a perfect challenge for for. Uh, for Pep to have, you know, to coach Ronald, Ronaldo, but to actually get Juve this Champions League title that they've been wanting for so long. Yeah. Because yeah. the, league, the league's in the bag. So I can definitely see him going to. Uh, if he really wants Juventus. a challenge, he should come to Milan. <laughs> I, saw, I saw they. they, they um, Milan are struggling. Yeah. They, they're they can't find a good coach. I mean, they've been going to coaches <laughs> for like the longest. Yeah. But I see, he won't go there because. But the, that's a big club. Like, if it, he wants to bring a team um, out of. Yeah, really show his his strength, exactly. his strength as a coach. His strength as a coach, exactly. Um, I think Milan would be a perfect fit for him, just to br- put them back where they used to be. Yeah, I, but I'm still gonna disagree on he's the perfect fit for them, because look at the coaches that they have th- that AC Milan has had before. And Zaghi struggled at AC Milan, and look at him at Lazio now, absolutely balling out and fighting for the title. And but that I kind think of for thing, La- for Lazio, it's actually his brother. It's not. Um, People in Sagi. Oh, it's not. It's not the same as Sagi. No, it's his brother. Oh, okay. Yeah. Big on my part. Either way, the, there's a bigger but, problem. No, yeah, I, I, I there's a bigger. There's a bigger problem at AC Milan than um, than just a, a new coach. They need a, a, a from the top down Signing, a different yeah. systemic approach because it's they keep rotating coach every season and nothing's changing. No matter how many players they bring in, so it needs to. I just feel the like board. They, they've been missing a big name coach. Yeah. They haven't had that in a while. Yeah. But, well, I. Where are you, Danny? See, I was thinking Juventus, but I don't want to be just saying Juventus because you guys are. Um, I think he, at the like he said, he wasn't going to leave Man City, but I think that's completely false. Yeah. I think at the end of the season, he's going to say, I want to spend more time with my family, and I think he's going to go to Spain. Yeah. I think yeah, he's going to go see, to Atletico Madrid. Atletico Madrid. I think oh, Diego Simeone man. is going to leave at the end of the season, and I think he will go to Atletico Madrid. That'd be crazy. Dude, I can't. But if he goes back to Spain, I can't see him. Anywhere else but Barcelona. The Barca, yeah. I don't know, man. I think I think Atletico is going to send him that money. Yeah. I think he's going to say, I want to go back, see my family, and then that's when the rumors come with Atletico and Barcelona, but I think Atletico will get him. Yeah. Um, 
That'd be crazy. That would be crazy. That'd be exciting, actually. Yeah, I'm waiting to see. I really want to listen to this press conference tomorrow le- leading up to the game on Wednesday. But in the last press conference after um, the game in the weekend, he was asked about um, if he stay. If He got asked straight up, like, do you stay mm-hmm. if the band holds up? And he's like, and he didn't even leave it up to his own decision. He said that. If the club wants, if the club wants to keep me and doesn't sack me, I'm staying. Okay. Um, you can put me in any league. You can drop me down the league too. But I have a point to prove here. And if the coach, if the if they're happy to keep me, I will stay. And obviously, the board's not going to fire him. Yeah, he's he such t- a great coach. Yeah, mm-hmm. he took the he took the question more of the the decision on the board and not him, which was smart to do because right. it. Outline, it just outlines like what he truly wants, and he wants to stay, and he doesn't, he doesn't want to be sacked, and he doesn't want to choose to go somewhere else. Yeah. So, props to him. If he does leave, though, solid, solid shot to go to either Juve or back to Spain, for sure. And that brings us into our last question. So, again from Billy, this is a good one. I think this will be a, a fun question to end on. Uh, what is the goal of the weekend? I'm gonna do it. You're gonna do it. My bias and. Oh, don't tell me. Don't tell me. <laughs> My bias is going to come through here, but Alonzo's goal oh, God. versus Tottenham was unmatched for me. The technique that he has on that ball just straight, just glide like a bullet into the bottom right corner from outside of the box. He didn't even give Yoris a chance to react. It was just perfect technique, and that goal was just absolutely nuts for me. And just there's so much emotion behind it too because we knocked the second goal back Tottenham. And I hate Tottenham, so there was so much emotion behind it. I was screaming on Tottenham when I saw it, and it was just a beautiful goal. So it was yeah, a good goal. that's goal for me. That's the best for, goal me, for me. Not the goal of the weekend, but it was a good goal. <laughs> um, mine is going to go uh, not from a top four league. Uh, it's going to go from Porto and Alex Tellez's 87th minute screamer. It was an absolute smash. So it was the winning goal in the 87th. Adds a little bit to it, and it was a complete. It was just a smash. It was as sweet as you could hit this ball. He hits it, and absolutely, I, it. It, the whole team was just going insane. I didn't watch it live. I just saw the highlights, the highlights and I absolutely. was absolutely astounded when I saw his hit. Yeah. So for me, that's the goal of the weekend. Uh, I think the best you? thing, before we go into David's choice, I think the best thing about that goal was the manager's reaction. He ran down the field, oh, pumping yes. his fist. And I think if Completely you get a manager insane. reaction yeah. out of that from a goal, it just makes the goal that much better. Yeah, so, so if you guys haven't seen the goal, definitely check it out. Yeah. It's not from one of the top five leagues, so you probably didn't see it, but it's an amazing goal if you yeah, want to watch. Absolutely. I'm actually going with um, Morales' goal against Real Madrid uh, just because he played it through. Uh, it was a through ball to him. Um, smashes it with his weak foot um, from where the camera is pointing. Um, he has no angle. Yeah. Absolutely a small window. And he that just gets it goal. right through there uh, past Courtois. And it was the goal to win them the game. So, I mean, I, I give. Props to Morales for that smash. Yeah, definitely a good shout for a goal. It was a beautiful goal, for sure. Definitely some good shouts. Let us know who you guys think had the goal of the weekend. We're actually pretty intrigued to see who you think. Yeah, absolutely. And send those questions in. Yeah, keep keep those questions rolling in. We will definitely answer all of them as they keep coming in. We love to hear all the questions. and Feedback um, as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Gets us closer to our viewers. and Some good questions that we don't think of ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this about um, wraps up our episode so of three. the 3d experience this was a long one yeah it was <laughs> thank you guys um, for listening absolutely yeah, thank you guys for sticking around for yeah. sure and make sure to follow us on twitter 
Um, subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Facebook page coming soon. Facebook page coming soon. Instagram page up in the works as well. So see you guys next time, and we out.